Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. The Epiphany being the worship of the wise men of the infant Jesus back in Bethlehem. Our order of service begins in the bulletin. We're going to open right now with hymn number 221, Blessed Jesus at Your Word. Oh 
before God who searches the heart? Do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying, yes. Yes. Upon this confession, I, as a called servant of the word, announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. reading for this fifth Sunday after the Epiphany is from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 1 to 5. Here Paul talks about his preaching and how his preaching of course always is Christ-centered. The Apostle Paul wrote, When I came to you brothers I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear, with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Alleluia, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Alleluia. Alleluia. today is a continuation of the of Jesus sermon on the mount from Matthew 5 we're looking at verses 13 to 20 in this section Jesus is encouraging us to let our light shine as believing children of God Jesus said you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp or put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come I have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear not the smallest letter not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, 
you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Let's continue with our next hymn. Hymn number 256, How Great Thou Art. Savior God to thee, how great thou art. 
grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The word of God we want to consider this fifth Sunday after the Epiphany is from our Old Testament reading for this past for this Sunday, from Isaiah 58, verses 5 to 9, where the Lord said, Is this the kind of fast I have chosen, only a day when man for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow worshipers of our Lord, how should we worship the Lord? That's really the question that our reading for today leads us to ask, how should we worship our Lord? That's a question we need to keep on asking ourselves because, well, what we do want is we want our worship to be edifying and in a sense enjoyable and then also pleasing to God. We want our worship to be like that because well, we want our worship to be something that builds us up and strengthens us in our faith, and we want it to be something through which our God is glorified. The Lutheran Church has traditionally used a liturgical order of service in its worship, and a liturgical order of service. Well, what that really means is using a regular set pattern with responses from the congregation and the pastor. That's a liturgical order of service. And, well, what we do in that liturgical service is we sing praises to our God. We confess our sins. We hear about God's forgiveness, we rejoice in that forgiveness. We hear the word of God. We confess our faith. We meditate on the word of God. And then we ask God to bless the word of God that we've heard in, in our lives. And then on some Sundays, basically about half of our Sundays, what we do is we celebrate the Lord's Supper as we take the bread and the wine and 
Christ's true body and blood, and we receive that for the forgiveness of our sins and the strengthening of our faith. And then the church service closes with those beautiful words of blessing that come from our God as we go out into the world with the word of God. Now, some churches use different forms of liturgy. Some churches don't use any liturgy at all. But now, whether a church uses a liturgical or a non-liturgical order of service, that isn't really what concerns our Lord in the reading here for today. So when our text asks us that question, how should we worship our Lord, what is our text, what is our reading really asking us? Through the prophet Isaiah, what God wants us to know is that our worship, we want our worship to not just be a going through the motions, but rather we want our worship to be living our worship, that that's our life as believing children of God. In Isaiah's day, the Israelites, they enjoyed some pretty good economic prosperity, but tragically, as they were enjoying that economic prosperity, they were also dealing with spiritual depression. The religion that was practiced in Palestine was far from what God had originally decreed back at Mount Sinai with the giving of the law, the ceremonial laws, the sacrifices, and everything that God gave to his people. Many of the Israelites, instead of worshiping the Lord, were worshiping false gods, the idols, especially of the Canaanite people. And, oh, many of the Israelites were also terribly lax in their worship lives, and, and people were often just too busy with their regular lives to give God their time. And now that, of course, sounds an awful lot like today. We'd probably compare them with people who know they should be regularly and faithfully worshiping God and coming to church, but they only come maybe on Christmas and Easter, you know, the C&E Christians that we sometimes talk about. And, and the tragic thing about they're not coming to church is what are they doing? They're missing out on God's blessings, on God's grace and love, and the strengthening of faith that God wants to give them. You know, that's the tragic thing about, oh, we're not, when we wouldn't worship our God. We're missing out on blessings that God wants to give us. Unfortunately, in Israel at this particular time, there was just a small number of Israelites that truly loved the Lord and had him, well, in first position in their lives. That's why God, through Isaiah, said, Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? The Israelites, they fasted, they went without food as a way to express to God 
how much they needed him, how much they needed his help. And when they bowed their heads and, and they lay on sackcloth and ashes, what that was done is, why that was done is to show a sorrow for their sins, but, well, they went through those motions, but they still deliberately continued on in their sins. And, well, in our text, what God is doing is he's scolding the Israelites because they went through that motion. They showed what seemed to be a sorrow for sin, but yet they continued in their sin. And now, see, basically, they were like the Pharisees of Jesus' day who stood out on the street corners and prayed and they did that so that everyone could see them and, and think about how good they were. But God wasn't fooled by them. He knew that they were just going through the motions in their supposed worship. And you know, it's easy for us also to just simply go through the motions in our worship. I would imagine some of us, as we were growing up, we maybe, maybe even often heard the phrase that it was time that we had to go to church. And when we heard that, maybe we were dawdling, maybe we weren't on the ball and getting ready as quickly as we should. And maybe we heard our parents, like I say, say, it's time that you had to go to church and, and maybe we responded to that by saying, do I have to? And maybe then even in anger, our parents responded to that by saying, yes, you have to. Maybe that's what happens. And as a result of that, what happened is that maybe we were even led to believe that when it came to worship, the important thing was just for us to put in our time and to be there. To be there. And maybe there, maybe it's even true that after a worship service, maybe we even thought to ourselves, well, I guess I put in my time for this week. I've taken care of that for another week. Well, God's word is powerful, and the fact of the matter is, is that if we're hearing the word of God, even if our attitude isn't quite what it really could be, should be, God can still bless us even if we're not in the right mindset when it comes to worship. But when instead we come to church because in faith we want to, instead of because we feel like we're putting in our time or because we have to or mom and dad are making us go, if in faith we're coming to church because we want to, just think about the added blessings that we can get from our God as he's working on our hearts through the word of God. Oh, I'd like, to all, of, like all of us to maybe remove one phrase from our vocabulary, and that's the phrase, it's time for us, it's time we have to go to church. Instead, let's say, maybe instead, it's time for us to worship our God and to be blessed by his grace and love. Or I suppose we could change the phrase, I 
have to go to church to I have to go to church because I just want to worship my God and hear about his grace and love. Many of us have perhaps used the order of service that we follow in our worship services or a similar order of service so often that we probably could go through the service without even thinking. And if that's the case, then, then we could just simply be going through the motion. Maybe the fact that we have a new hymnal coming that we're going to start using here hopefully soon that has some different order of services will help us so that we don't just simply go through the motion. But it's easy for worship to be just going through the motions where it could be just a meaningless repetition. You know, Jesus said, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words. So let's ask our God for his help to concentrate as we worship God so that we say, sing, pray, and hear what the word of God has to say in our services. Oh, let's just put our effort into saying, thinking, praying, and hearing what God has to say so we aren't going through, just going through the motions so that we're being blessed in our worship. True worship doesn't just mean that we regularly attend worship services, though. Just the being there, that's not true worship. True worship means that we also live our worship as we hear in our reading for today, that our lives throughout the week would testify to the faith that God has worked in our hearts. Concerning the Israelites, God said, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke? There were Israelites who professed to be believers who were taking advantage of others. And now see, because they were doing that, they weren't really worshiping God because of what was going on in their lives. They weren't living as believing children of God. God continues here, Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Tragically, the Israelites, they were not helping out family members and friends who needed their help, who were needy. And now what God is telling us here is that we shouldn't take advantage of others. We shouldn't do that. That we should instead help the needy, especially those who would be in some way close to us, family and friends that could be close to us. And, and obviously the fact of the matter is, is that we can't help out all the people who are needy in the world. But what we'll often want to do is think about those who are close to us who might need our help and our support. And well, through this verse, maybe what the Lord is telling us is that 
Sometimes we do struggle with trying to figure out how to help the needy. Maybe we need to look for a good charity that we can support that we know will help out those who are needy. So we're doing something to help the needy. And I'll, I'll often refer to, the, to Wells Christian Aid and Relief. That's a good charitable organization within our church body that helps those who have, well, special needs and, and those who are hurt by natural disasters, by things like hurricanes or earthquakes or famines or whatever like that. That's a good organization for us to support. But of course, the best way that we can help out those who are needy always ends up being by sharing Jesus with them through these illustrations that God gives us here, what, what God wants us to realize is that living our worship, worshiping our God is done as we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Well, God says, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. When we live our worship, when that's reflected in our lives, then the light of the gospel will be shining through us. It will be shining through us and you know what also will be happening is that we'll be beaming with a happiness in our Lord and Savior that's going to attract the attention of those who don't have the joy and the happiness that we have in our Savior. And now see, the joy and the happiness that we have in our Savior, that's the only true joy and happiness that is here on this earth when you get right down to it because it lasts forever. And it gives us such joy and happiness to know that God's will for in our lives is, is what's best for us and for our eternal salvation. And here he also talks about healing that appears. The healing that appears when we worship our God, that's when he heals us from the ravages of sin that harmed our souls when we lived in our sins. God says, then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. When we live our worship, then what God is going to be doing, of course, is he's going to be, he's going to be providing protection all around us so that we're safe and secure again from Satan and sin and the unbelieving world all around us. Well, God closes our reading by saying, Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. When in faith we go to God in prayer, when we ask him for his help, God will be right there to give us the help that we truly need. He'll answer our prayers, and as we often will say, just remember, he answers our prayers not always in the way that we think, but in the way that's always best for us, for our eternal souls. Well, are we living our worship 
Now that doesn't mean, of course, that we have to be perfect and without sin because we could never come close to accomplishing that, not in this life. We're sinful. We'll be sinful till the day that we die. But we who believe in Jesus, who are, we are living our worship because what's happened in our lives? What God has done is he has graciously called us to faith in Jesus our Savior. And through faith in Christ's work, our sins, they're all washed away. They're gone forever. And Christ's perfect life is given to us and he was always perfect in his worship, so that means since his life is credited to us, well, we're perfect in Christ. We're living our worship since God and his word through faith is living and active in our lives. May God help us to continue to live our worship in our lives. Oh, our text has asked that question. How should we worship our Lord? How should we worship our Lord? You know, when he asks that question, he really isn't all that concerned with the specifics about how we conduct our worship services. Our worship services could be done in many different ways. There are many different orders of service that we could use. If it's liturgical, if it's non-liturgical, well, the, the liturgical order of service that we use is a real special one, though, because it presents God's plan of salvation even in the liturgy that we use in our worship service. That's why it's a good order to continue using but see now, what this reading is really talking about is God is concerned with how we worship God with the lives that we're living on Sunday and every day. What does our worship and what do our lives say about our love for our Lord Jesus Christ and all he has done for us to save us from our sins? May all that Christ has done for us, his amazing love for us, move us to, to worship our God throughout the course of our lives so that we're not just going through the motions, but that we're living our worship, that throughout our lives people can see the Lord Jesus is in our hearts. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith, again using the words of the Christmas Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, who sent his Son to be my Savior. And I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, my Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, announced by the angels, worshipped by the shepherds, adored by the wise men, 
who lived to suffer, die, and rise again, to free me from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil. I believe in the Holy Spirit, who brought me to faith in my Savior, and by whose continuous work in my heart, I rejoice in my salvation, show forth his praises, and will one day live and reign with him in all eternity. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, you sent your one and only Son as the word of life for our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Help us believe what the scriptures proclaim about him and do the things that are pleasing in your sight. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We continue to keep in our prayers Don Janicki at Holmes dealing with the effects of some strokes. Think of Deb Spitzley, heart issues, kidney issues. Paula Burris still dealing with and probably for a long time dealing with the infection in her leg and poor circulation and and we also think of Mary Glassbrook. She is now home after having, having knee replacement surgery. We pray, Lord God, as we think of our fellow members, our members of our church family, dealing with different problems and troubles, as we think of others that are on our prayer list, all of the members of our church, really, when you think about it, as we consider all those people, we say if there's an illness, if there's a problem, if it's according to your will, grant healing, but especially grant your help and your strength and, and please keep on building all of the members of our church family up in your grace and love. Lord God, we ask you to please Bless us with your grace and love. Protect and watch over us during the cold of winter. And be with us always, giving us your help and your strength. And we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, 
sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Again, I thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a couple of quick announcements. Today, Sunday, is Rick Hazy's birthday. Monday, Chase Patterson, Lindsay Weaker have birthdays. Wednesday, Monday is Chase Patterson, Lindsay Weaker. Wednesday, Tammy Richards has a birthday. Friday, Mary Cole has a birthday. Thursday night, we do have a church council meeting. I think that's what I have for announcements. Please be safe and careful in this cold winter weather. The Lord bless and keep you always.